As we celebrate the Independence Day of the United States of America, let me remind you of Abraham Lincoln's words. Quote, I like to see a man proud of the place in which he lives. I like to see a man live so that his place would be proud of him. End quote. What we know to be true is that nations are made of people uniting together as one and working hard to preserve the nation united. Or as one of the founding fathers of the United States once said, quote, Then join hand in hand, brave Americans all. By uniting we stand, by dividing we fall. It's Saturday, July 3rd, 2021, and today we are discussing the following top stories. The culmination of the Pride Month, transgender versus biologically gender facility use in the United States, transracial as the next level of subverting the reality, disgraceful sport activism of today, and how Robin Hood is robbing the hood. <laughs> Welcome to LifeRing, a podcast where we strive to provide you with a well-rounded review of what is going on in the world between Monday and Friday of this past week. My name is Alex, and I'm this week I'm joined by my regular co-host, Vadim. Hi, Vadim. Hello. Good to have you again today. Uh, Likewise. Yeah. And our second time guest host, Daniel, is joining us as well. Hey, it's great to be back. The weather has been quite unreal <laughs> lately. I mean, I'm enjoying every second of it, considering how rare it is for us up here. And actually, the other week I was... Uh, I went to the lake um, and one, on, on one of the really hot days and had mm. quite the close call uh, to a potential serious injury. I really misjudged the depth of the lake before diving in and uh, off the dock. And uh, mm. it turns out it was actually pretty shallow with a rocky bottom. And thank God I was able to stop myself with my hands uh, and only walked away with a, like a few scratches and, and, uh, and a bruise on my nose. And just a reminder for all the listeners to be careful when at the lake this summer to make sure to know the depth uh, of where you're swimming before jumping in or swimming. Where you're jumping in. Was it at the Anacortes? No, it was uh, actually a big lake. Big lake, yeah. okay. Yeah. The, the boat pond? launch. Oh, boat launch, yeah. okay. Off the dock, yeah. It was crazy. Yeah, <laughs> how, how did you handle the weather with you? Uh, I stayed inside with uh, <laughs> oh, you had curtains it? over the windows and AC. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously? Well, okay, I was thinking, you know, you there's going to be hot and cold days, but you'll never have another June 26, 2021. And so I was like... I'll get a step ahead on the competition, try to be productive, <laughs> yeah. but no doing. I don't know. AC is a luxury around here. So you had AC? Yeah. You bought it ahead of we, time? No. Uh, somebody, one of our family friends left on vacation, so we borrowed <laughs> theirs. <laughs> yeah, no, it was a tough one. It was horrible. Uh, but when you're in AC, it, or what is it called? When you're in a building where there's AC running, you can't tell the difference what's going on outside. It's just like, oh, it's just another day. But in our hot house, oh man, oh yeah, we you were sick do. of it. But we'll never complain that it's not that we don't have a warm summer. At least that's what it feels like now. Well, anyway, so um, today usually we would go into COVID briefing, but uh, we're, we're not going to do that anymore. Today is the death of COVID briefing. Uh, now we might come back if you know the situation changes, but so far the summer has shown that we're on track to reopening everything. Since Biden is the president now, we're allowed to go back to our lives and. Um, there are concerns that Delta variant is on the rise, but it also seems to be an excuse for why vaccines are ineffective, for example, or why there's cases in certain areas. Um, so they're saying we might see a resurgence of COVID, but only in the pockets where people don't take the vaccine. So you kind of go figure, is that a real thing or is that just an excuse? I don't know. Until then, we'll only cover a COVID story if, if one of national importance comes up throughout the week. Now let's get to our top five of the week. The NFL is the latest organization to join the bandwagon of LGBTQ support train as the month of rainbow uh, came to an end this past week. Now, although the, the football player that, that I'm thinking, you know, the crux of it all, he, he said he didn't do it for attention. It sure sounds like perfect PR stunt, almost like a, the order of NFL itself. Now, I don't have anything against this player other than I disagree with him on a few different issues. Uh, like with many other people who don't know God. And in this case, I disagree with him on the issue of sexuality, as the Bible calls calls out homosexuality as a sin. Uh, but, but so is hating another person, or envying, or gossiping. All of those are sins. And, and, and with those who think otherwise, I disagree. But see, with this particular case of uh, homosexuality, it sort of became a badge of honor. And while I don't discriminate against gay people, it is said to see it being promoted as something that everyone, regardless of their faith and beliefs, should agree with and embrace it. 
Anyways, Carl Nassib came out as gay last week. And this week, the NFL came out with a video on Monday titled NFL is gay. Now, it shouldn't be surprising, but at the same time, it feels like it's an overswing on promoting, you know, a view that is a large portion of Americans still disagree in terms of a lifestyle or moral choice, you know, based on beliefs. Now, that doesn't diminish people as a second-class citizen, meaning that we disagree with them. It doesn't mean that we, you know, discriminate against them. It just means that it's not something that is commonly accepted. And it feels unnecessarily forced. That's all. Like in terms of NFL displaying this. Right? One guy came out. Now NFL is gay and queer and all of that. Like I feel like it's just... What, what do you guys think of the video? Yeah, it's, it's unfortunate that this is something that is promoted and praised so much nowadays. I'm not even sure why coming out is still considered such a brave act today, when in reality, these people end up being praised by all media and pretty much declared as heroes every time. I think such matters should remain private. And I think the NFL has been losing quite a bit of uh, viewers since they turned into a political platform. So this might be them just trying to stay relevant. I think it's fair to say that Pride Month has, especially in recent times, become more of a bandwagon for businesses. Like they, they try to garner support by pandering to the market. You know, obviously, with the exception of uh, countries in the Middle East or Eastern Europe. Like I've, seen, I don't know if you guys have seen the collages of like different logos from the uh, social media mm-hmm. accounts, where it's like it's the same company, but they have the rainbow filter on them except for their like middle east divisions or saudi arabia (laughs) or russia where they they just keep their stock logo throughout june so i think because of how common it is like now it's become easier to uh, to point out i guess just how much integrity is uh, missing from these statements but i mean as far as the nfl goes this guy um carl nasib's not even the first gay player we had i don't know if you guys remember in 2014 michael sam uh, was I, I think I remember that story slightly. So I yeah. thought he was hailed as one of the first people to come out. Well, the thing out. is that Michael Sam was, I think, drafted and and he. Um, yeah, I don't think he was any good. Yeah, so. he played a few preseason games and then he like left to play in the Canadian League and then he walked away from football for uh, apparently mental health reasons. So all right, now let's talk about Gavin Grimm. So. According to Advocate.com, it's a trans youth who attended high school in uh, somewhere in Virginia, I believe. Uh, and then he sued the school district in 2015 after being denied access to boys' restroom. So he looks like a guy, but, but he's a girl, biologically. Now, she attended high school in Virginia and now has graduated. So at some point... Uh, I believe her parents and her sued the school district in 2015 after being denied access to the boys' restroom, according to Advocate.com, even though she had used them without incident for two months. Now, they lost in the trial at the court level, but won at the U.S. Court of Appeals uh, for the Fourth Circuit, which ruled in 2016 that the district had violated rights under Title IX of Education Amendment of 1972, a federal law banning sex discrimination in education. And so later than the district appealed to the Supreme Court, you know, for them to hear the case. Now, apparently when Donald Trump came in, the justices changed their minds. And uh, at first they accepted the case, then they changed their minds in 2017 when Trump came in into office. And now they sent it back. Uh, so then they sent it back to the lower courts for a reconsideration. And Grimm wanted both the trial and the appeared court levels. So... Recently, the court, has, I guess the case has been back to Supreme Court, and now they have basically, in this past week, declined to hear another appeal regarding this case. Now, why it matters is because this is a loss from the standpoint of, of our laws here in the country. It's a, lo- it's a loss on the battlefield of mind. In fact, all my stories today will be related to this transformation going on in the country, and not just in the mind of transgender-identifying people, but it's this forced transformation that is being now required on a federal level. See, the judges see it this way, and I quote uh, from Axios, The proudest moments of the federal judiciary have been when we affirm the burgeoning values of our bright youth rather than preserve the prejudices of the past. So that was a comment by Judge Henry Floyd, which he wrote at the time when they overturned it. And so the U.S. Supreme Court declined to hear the case, signaling an affirming precedent victory for the trans community. So on top of all this... Listen to this news article by Christianity Today, and it's kind of funny that I didn't come across this article anywhere else. Here's, here's how the headline goes. 
The U.S. State Department said Thursday it will add a third gender to passports for all Americans who identify or for Americans who identify as non-binary, intersex, and gender non-conforming. Although the department added it will take time to implement. Now, this, of course, is all part of Biden's initiative in line with Obama's efforts in the past years to promote the freedom, dignity, and equality of all people, including LGBTQ plus persons. So here's what I found on a, on a state.gov website, right? This is government going along with a very slim minority, which currently is at less than 1%, like 0.6%, I believe, because it's culturally relevant right now. And the statement goes like this. We no longer require medical identification to change the gender marker on your U.S. passport. Like, am I, am I the only one that, that sees the, the security implications of this? Like, do you see how this could become really dangerous really quick? Yeah, I mean, a, a couple things, right? So if, you're, if this initiative is meant to be aligned with people that want to abolish gender to begin with, then why is that? Uh, why aren't we talking about just removing it from from passport IDs. And I mean, in terms of uh, keeping things the way they are, but just making it really easy to change. I mean, I, I don't want to get into a slippery slope fallacy, but maybe like, I feel like the more streamlined it becomes to change these things, uh, the more it defeats the purpose of it. like an ID verification in the first place. Uh, I mean, the other extreme is just at every checkpoint, you know, every, uh, every airport, whatever, every border crossing, you just uh, ask someone what they identify as in the moment. And then I definitely don't see any way this could be used for uh, with malicious intent. You don't see a way or is that sarcasm? <laughs> That's there's, no, that was sarcasm. Okay. Oh, this guy. You don't have to, oh. <laughs> well, I mean, like, there's a, there's there's a million reasons, or there's a million ways malicious intent can be worked into it. I just don't want to give anybody any ideas. Yeah, I think it just emboldens the trans people to continue pushing for these things, uh, for more of these things in other aspects of life. And it's, I think it's, I find it quite ironic that the administration that claimed to be all about science and trusting the science has completely rejected it and all of it to push this crazy pro- progressive agenda. Agenda and every everyone seems to be fine with it. I think it will create a lot of confusion at every level of personal identification and public safety at airports, and it might even open the door to them needing and requiring an alternative identification measure, like implanted chips or something of that nature. Yeah, like yeah. China, they have they have cameras set up all over the place, and they're monitoring you that way, like just by just by your your uh, facial recognition software everywhere. So yeah, and I said they're imagining a scenario, you know, which you can technically transform your personal identity identity to such an extent that you know you'd be a female so you would change but you could change your eye color maybe even height identify a certain weight and essentially be completely different on records this seems absurd but then i thought ironically the technology like daniel mentioned might come to the rescue when you can track an individual body maybe it doesn't matter how you let them identify maybe for the future societies personal identification will be as trivial as a social media profile Now here, among other things, what's transpired this week in Los Angeles Spa. A man who identified as a woman, not gender fluid or gender neutral or non-conforming, none of those. No, he identified as a woman and was allowed by the staff into the women's section of the spa. Now, biologically, he did not fit in. Even on the identification level, all the women there disagreed with his assertion that he is a female. Worse, there were minor girls present in women's section who were inadvertently exposed to this man's obviously male genitalia. All right, so <laughs> the, the spa is named the Wee Spa, okay? Now, the Wee Spa had nothing to say about it other than, you know, he identifies as a woman. Notice he <laughs> identifies as a woman. And so the law protects him. So here's a clip from this woman who confronted him or came to the desk and confronted the staff at the Wee Spa. Wee Spa, so you don't, so it's okay, I just want to be clear with you. It's okay, it's okay for a man to go into the women's section, show his around the other women, young little girls under age, your spa, Wee Spa, condone that. Is that what you're saying? Like I asked. It's so he, so he can stay there. He can stay there. What sexual orientation? I see a. It lets me know he's a man. He he's a man. He is a man. He is not no female. He is not a female. He is not a female. Hold on. He is not a female, sweetie. Okay. Girls down there. Other women. 
who are highly offended for what they just saw. And you did nothing, absolutely nothing. In fact, you sided with him. So We Spa is an agreement with men that just say they are a woman and they can go down there with their and get into the women's section. Is that what you're saying? What, what, really? What law? What law? So women can go into the men's with their breasts. Okay. Yeah, you shouldn't. Y'all wouldn't come back either. Yeah, get your money back. Wow. Honestly, kind of taken aback. Like, I I didn't think that, like, the employees at the at the spa were, like, cool with that. I, I don't know what. Like, I, not, I wonder if. I'm not really a spa guy. I don't know what really goes <laughs> down, but dang. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think it's just reassuring to see that there's still some logical people that exist, mm-hmm. like the lady filming and rightfully questioning an absolute stupid policy. I think, uh, I think many people might be on the fence about this issue or just have no opinion up until it directly affects them or the safety of their children, and and then they hopefully will realize how crazy these laws really are. Yep, it's, it's when it hits home when you start to think about it, and I mean it ties into any transgender I think conversation with. Uh, like sports or things like that, where it's it's actually deeply misogynistic to, like, to allow that like that boundary, I guess, to be crossed. Because I mean, at that point, you might as well just make everything unisex, and then like just right. Because because how can you continue talking about women's rights, men's rights? Then next thing you know, we have this other group of people coming in, and well, it in a sense it infringes upon now. Like, let's talk about women's rights right now. Like, it, and and there was a guy that actually approached her and tried to play the whole thing of like, well, he identifies as a, you know, as as a woman, and thus he, you know, there's nothing wrong with this. It's you know, it's America. As, but, long, as long as he said so, I guess. Right. So, and of course, she said, "What about the women's rights?" And and like you mentioned, Daniel, the the great thing about this is that she did it in front of all these other people. Like there's there's a ton of people up there. In fact, all the ladies kind of trickled out and lined up. And there was at the end, you heard the lady taking her money back. Yeah, and later they organized the protest boycotting uh, the spa. Now a few weeks ago, there was another bizarre story that that gained more attention this week. So according to Faithwire, and I quote, a public pool complex in a small city southeast of Des Moines, Iowa reportedly allowed a teenage biological female who identified as a male to walk around the facility topless. Now, this is a family-friendly facility where kids come to, you know, have fun, swimming, enjoying the water slides. In, in this small town, this is one of the dozen incidents, but they are growing. And since the lines are so blurred, they could be taken advantage by anyone. The article went on to share a comment by one of the residents. Quote, if someone were to take a picture, it wouldn't be viewed as some boy at the pool in his swim shorts. It would be a topless photo of a biological female and it would be child pornography. So this is what we came to, right? Like at this point, the lines are so blurred that it's like, hold on. So which law do we pay attention to more? The child pornography law or the law that says that transgender should be allowed to be who they are, right? Now, according to local Iowa Standard news website, the assistant manager told the Iowa Standard that the policy says that anyone can wear clothing the clothing necessary in line with their gender identity rather than the biological sex. The policy is set by the city council, according to Aquatic Center's assistant manager. And here's a quote uh, by another resident, I guess. They went on to say, When brought to the facility's attention, they explained that there was nothing they could do. The state law protects the biological female, allowing her to walk around indecently exposing herself to all families enjoying the facility. Now, the facility is afraid... If they act and require her to cover herself, they will face legal backlash. person went on to say, I find it appalling that this would actually be state law. So here are two cases. A guy taking advantage of the whole thing. I don't know if he's, you know, if he honestly thought, like, I'm a, I'm a lady. <laughs> I'm just going to join the ladies here. And here's another example of a teenager who's obviously lost, you know, doing the opposite. Now, this, this isn't really, like, a, a backed up by anything legal, Um my opinion is dress for the body you have, not the body you want. <laughs> General precedent. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think it's. I think that it's. It's sad where these things are going, and it just speaks volumes about the kind of legislators and and representatives that are getting elected into these positions of power to make such crazy laws. I think it should be a wake up call to many people that haven't really participated in politics or considered these issues to like 
kind of reassess their stance and become more active possibly in, in future elections. These are laws. Like right. we're not talking like about every just- time like in the in the we spot and in this they 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 try to quote the law or try to oh we the law says this. So if if we change the law through these representatives and legislators, that's I think that's the only way to kind of move forward with these issues. Yep. And it takes each one of us to uh, do our part, whether it's voting or you know standing up for something even on social media or maybe in the, in our social boycotting. circles. Yeah. Yes, circles. Transgender people who make up less than 1% in the US, they definitely deserve to be treated as, you know, with dignity, respect like any other person. But on the ground of sexual identity, they do not fall into the biological categories of more than 99% of the population. And there is a reason why we have been able to clearly draw a line in the 99.9% of cases between a male and a female over the past thousands of years. And no doubt these people are struggling and they need help. More importantly, they desperately need redemption. Yet it cannot come at a loss of dignity and respect for the established and biologically confirmed male-female changing rooms, showers, spa, whatever. If we fail to discuss this topic thoroughly, we will reap dearly in the years to come. If living in Los Angeles has taught me anything... It's that claiming you're marginalized and whipping up some tears for your iPhone cameras is basically an Ivy League degree at this point. The more insufferable and detached from reality you are, the better positioned you are for viral success. That's the way uh, T.K. Sanders opens up his story about Ollie London, who claims that he is a Korean person stuck inside a British man's body. Now, as we look at this story today, we might chuckle a bit, like everybody else on Twitter and Instagram, Because, well, it it sounds absurd, but in the custom-built future of self-identification, one might whip up for him or herself a new reality, completely erasing the definitions of what it means to be a person even. Now, Ollie has already changed his bone structure, teeth, all of this so he could look more like his idol BTS, which is a K-pop artist, apparently. The most recent of the modifications to finally reach the next level of truly transracial is the change of his eyes. So here he is after his surgery, you know, making his eyes look, well, making him look Korean. In fact, making him feel and identify as Korean. Here's the video. Hey guys, I'm finally Korean. I've transitioned. I'm so, so happy I've completed my look. I'm finally Korean, guys. I have the eyes. Just had a brow lift as well. Um, so I'm so happy. Finally, I've been trapped in the wrong body for eight years. And that's the worst feeling in the world when you're trapped and you don't feel like you can be yourself. But finally, I'm Korean. I can be myself. And I'm so, so happy. It's yeah. funny how he has to keep uh, repeating that he's so happy. <laughs> I mean, doesn't really sound very convincing. But I mean, I feel like... Mm-hmm. I should be more surprised at this point, but I think it's only become the natural degradation of society that we're witnessing, which will only get worse if continued to be backed and supported by our elected officials. I'm just like, I I can't figure out why. (laughs) Like it's to say that you're finally, how does he say Like I could finally be myself. It's like, you are you. Why do you think that you're something different from what you are? Like it, it doesn't... I don't know. If you wanted to be Korean, go get the clothes, listen to the music, learn the language. What else is there? Like, go live there. I mean, you'll assimilate to the culture. You'll be Korean. It's not like a... Is this not going to be claimed to be like cultural appropriation or what? It, what is it? I think that's one of the things that he got a backlash on is that, yeah, he's he's doing exactly that. Yeah, it's kind of like blackface and all the, like, I yeah. mean, it's getting, yeah, yeah, it's getting crazy. But then we have Michael Jackson, who the other way is fine. You could you could be white. No, there's no problem about that, right? Now I, I can I can understand you know him saying you know like I can understand if somebody's trapped like that feels horrible, right? But trapped in what in in a British body, uh, and finally he is Korean. He didn't. He doesn't feel Korean. He doesn't look Korean. He is Korean. He went on to tweet this Friday uh, as he arrived in LA for yet another surgery ahead. Here's what he tweeted. And this is in response to all the hate that he got online, which is surprising to me. And I'll, I'll get to that in a second. Here's what he wrote. Dear woke people, please explain to me why 
you force everyone to your worldviews and preach about acceptance and inclusivity, yet vilify me, outcast me, and publicly shame me for being born in the wrong body. What is the logic? I'm trans-Korean and proud. Now, I mean, people were mean to this guy. And I agree, this is, this is ridiculous. I feel the same about attempts to change gender. But there was an oddly different kind of response to this guy, even from those, and especially from those who were Korean or supported transgenderism, but not this trans-racism. Now, I think it's quite a natural extension of transgender movement, and we might see more and more of this affirmation of transracial thing as the time goes on. Because if you think about it, it's you're altering the reality of what it is. You're trying to match the physical instance of yourself, if you will, in this physical world to match your whatever you made up in your mind. And these categories can really go unlimited. I mean, uh, I was sitting there thinking, trans age? What's wrong with identifying a different age? Say, for example, a minor identifying that they're older in order to be in a relationship with a much older dude, right? Or say, for example, trans weight identify as not overweight or maybe i want to identify as overweight transhuman transoccupation transreality and so on it goes it's really sad to see where humanity is going without god and it's how it's degrading and in its struggle to pinpoint what is wrong with us with this empty god-sized hole inside our hearts as billy graham would say the cancer of sin drives out the society to drown it out with substances fill the void with pursuits of money sex power pleasure and this is sadly another way in which the soul searches to redeem itself by altering the physical body in hopes to attain the emotional and psychological peace that unfortunately never comes, no matter how accepted a person might feel in their contemporary society. Lord help these struggling people of our time. Welcome to the lightning round, where we go through some of the main headlines of the week and run through them in a brief manner. So according to this article from CNN, uh, the U.S. is days away from completing formal Afghanistan withdrawal, but uh, up to a thousand troops could remain. Uh, it's been interesting kind of watching this play out. I mean, there was an airbase like literally within hours of, you know, U.S. troops leaving, like looters descended on it and started to like take stuff. Almost. Yeah, it's, it's concerning how much ground will be lost. All the lives that have been lost in this war, think about it essentially have been for nothing because in the end you don't withdraw from a country establishing a so I think we it's more like the Taliban was cooperating with al-Qaeda and so the US invaded Afghanistan to basically find Osama bin Laden but he's been supposedly dead since 2011 yeah but see no check this out so uh, September 11 George W Bush announced that American forces had launched attacks against the terrorist group and Taliban targets in Afghanistan so Taliban was one of the targets are one of the goals i guess yep. and so what i'm saying is all the lives that have been lost right uh, are now for nothing because if they're going to just regain back or even more control than they had before because last week i covered how the locals are dropping you know leaving behind all the american equipment that has been given to them to stand up in this fight and that's being lost and so by the time they're completely out this might turn badly for the country it just might reverse all the way back to where it was all right so in the world of covid um they can't decide whether you should vac whether you should uh, wear a mask or not. Apparently, WHO says that you should wear a mask even if you're vaccinated. The CDC here says another thing, and then the doctors also can come up with their own little opinion on it. As far as world news goes, Australia seems to have a spike in cases. I guess that's something that's been out there. Now, the FDA did uh, finally add the warning about heart inflammation to COVID nineteen mRNA. <laughs> vaccines so something that has seen be has been seen before as a uh, fringe theory is now actually added onto the little insert as a something that possibly could happen because it did happen to a bunch of people and uh, one of the other things I saw is that now they're promoting the mix and match approach to uh, vaccines so basically if you had j and j which is one vaccine that you don't need to have you know anything else you just take one one-time vaccine but it's not as effective uh now they're saying if you got j and j go get, get like uh pfizer for example and now you'll have lifetime immunity also if you've had covid before 
you have immunity. But if you have immunity from having COVID plus a vaccine, you're just going to be like super immune at this point. <laughs> so basically, they yeah, just want you to go take a vaccine because nobody, you know, because we're stalled at this point. Yeah, to me, it's just super sketchy. I don't know. Like, it, it seems just like a massive science experiment, like where no one really knows what's going on and people are just kind of playing it by uh, by ear. Mm-hmm. How they say, uh, but what what my concern is like how how much uh, negative responses we've been seeing right now with all the side effects, and we're so still so early on in the process, you know, of of this whole vaccine development. So it's 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 just definitely interesting to going to be interesting to watch to see how it develops further with like the side effects and possible long term effects of of these vaccines. And my wife, I think, was saying uh, earlier this week that. This is still done as a clinical trial. So you're basically saying that you're participating in a clinical trial. This hasn't been really... Because we only have an emergency authorization for the vaccines. Not necessarily a full-on clearance as you would for any others. So there's that. So this week, uh, Donald Trump's company and its longtime finance chief were charged uh, in what prosecutors called a sweeping and audacious tax fraud scheme. Trump himself wasn't charged uh, with any wrongdoing, but prosecutors claimed that he signed some of the checks at the center of this case. And one top prosecutor said that uh, said the 15 year scheme was orchestrated and uh, by the most senior exec- executives. So I don't know. This case just seems to me like a way to continue pushing the the orange man bad uh, narrative or whatever. Uh, and all the headlines uh, focus on some kind of wrongdoing by Trump. But it really just seems like he most likely had little to do with it, actually. Uh, but more so the people running the operations in the background. What do you what do you think? Well, what, what about all the other businesses that are in America right now? We talk about, you know, offshore accounts and doing business like as if you're in another country. Yeah, it really seems targeted to at Trump it specifically. Like, yeah, yeah. It, it just seems like they, they had a problem with him. You know, It's a continued persecution of Trump. I think I'm going to wait for Saturday Night Live to tell me what to think before <laughs> I can comment on this. According to the Associated Press, U.S. troops in eastern Syria have come under rocket attack uh, on Monday with no reported casualties. One day after the U.S. Air Force planes carried out airstrikes near the uh, Iraq-Syria border against What the Pentagon said were facilities used by Iran-backed militia groups to support drone strikes inside Iraq. So I know I know there was a little bit of controversy about having these airstrikes in the first place, but now it looks like uh, there's been retaliation for him. Thankfully, no one was hurt. Yeah, I mean, I, I think as expected, like the military performs a an operation and then there's there's a response by the by the people getting attacked. So I remember from last week the condo that collapsed in Miami. Well, I got a few updates for that. Uh, so far. At least 24 people are dead. 124 people are still unaccounted to uh, after the building partially collapsed. And now they're saying that the other two-thirds, you could say, or the other half of the building will be demolished uh, as early as Sunday. So how long has it been since the since it collapsed? Ten days yeah, ago. Ten days. Yeah. I remember in... Uh, I mean, I think it's sad that they're demolishing it so quick. I mean, definitely evacuate the people that are living in the standing part but like i remember after the earthquake in haiti like they were finding people in rubble after like 15 days really um so i think like this demolition thing is like it's basically saying you know we're, we've stopped looking for survivors i mean this happened around 1 30 a.m on june 24th so it happened you know at night when people are sleeping we're talking about the 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 people who saw it happen this was like you know just cards kind of piling on top of one i mean this is a concrete on top of concrete the rubble itself is very low i mean it just seems like it's very unlikely that anything you know or anyone could survive again people are still hoping for miracles but the reason they need to demolish it is because they they actually stopped the operation uh, i think earlier this week because of uh, the danger of the other side falling as well and apparently the state of florida will cover the demolishing cost. So the prosecution of Bill Cosby was one of the first major milestones of the Me Too movement as women came forward with their tales of unwanted uh, sexual advances and harassment in the workplace. And so, uh, um, and he was sentenced to a three to ten year sentence and now he's been almost three years and he's been released. So is he pardoned or, I mean, is he released early or I guess is his case is over? Well, it says he ordered his release from a prison after finding that he was denied protection against self-incrimination. Right. So they gave him like immunity and then they like prosecuted him based on, based on what he admitted. And then we also have like the Britney Spears case right now going on where she can't even get like her own 
like management of her own, I guess, wealth and money because she's under the, what is it called? Conservatorship, yeah. Right. That's just the modern world today, I guess. So according to Las Vegas, Las Vegas Review Journal, the title of Miss Nevada, USA, has gone to a transgender woman, which means a guy. Cataluna Enriquez was crowned the winner Sunday and will go on to represent Nevada. Yeah, but basically... A transgender, that's weird. And she looks, she it's kind of, I don't know, man, what's the political correct way to, to comment on this? It looks creepily uh, womanly. I mean, watch him win Miss Universe. I doubt that will happen, though. I know we've all been at the edge of our seats waiting for the new Fast and Furious movie. Mm. Uh, I haven't watched them since, like, Fast Five. But F9, uh, the Fast Saga, uh, is estimated to have brought in over $70 million over this weekend, or this past weekend. The highest... We can haul at the box office since before the pandemic. Looks like people are getting back into the theaters. So at this point, 80% of the country's theaters apparently are open. And you guys watched the... You guys seen all of them? No. 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 I have not caught I up. wonder if I'm stuck on F6. Yeah, they're starting to get pretty extravagant. Like, at this point, just have the Fast and Furious crew, like, fight the Avengers or something. <laughs> like, right. It's, <laughs> it's just, like, a lot of... I think the cross crossverse or cross universe, whatever it's called, is a new thing. Like they're trying to, yeah, cross the boundaries between worlds. All right, don't worry, guys. The future is finally here. This week, a prototype flying car has completed a 35-minute flight between international airports in Nitra and Bratislava, Slovakia. Um, this hybrid air car slash aircraft has uh, been said it can fly about 600 miles at the height of 8,200 feet and clocked up uh, 40 hours in the air so far so we finally might be getting into the era uh, that everyone has considered as the future with flying cars um, i think the hardest part with this new technology will be the certification process and all the safety requirements uh, there's I, I remember hearing someone say uh, the reason we don't have flying cars yet is all you crazy drivers uh, driving your cars aren't on an empty tank claiming i know my car <laughs> So we'll see how, how this technology gets uh, developed over time. What do you guys think? I'm going to say guilty as charged <laughs> for the driving with an empty tank thing. But yeah, I imagine that just cars falling out of the sky. <laughs> yeah, I, bet, the I bet you wouldn't be allowed to uh, fly. Yeah, there'd up. probably be some, the, some like kind of... Because yeah. you're not allowed to fly. You don't have enough to even fly to the nearest you know, landing location. Yeah. Or you'd be required to refill like every time you're taking off somewhere. Yeah. But the future has always been about flying cars. Like at least that's how they envisioned it. That's not how we envision the future, though. If you think about it, right? Like our generation looking forward, we envision it more with robots and AI playing a huge role. And I feel like yeah, seventies, seventies, late earlier, they always saw the future with flying cars and these mega cities. Well, we got the cities, just not the flying cars yet. And then, uh, sorry, to, to bounce off of this, have you seen the guy who did a surf? He did sky surf, I think is what he calls it. It's like a drone skateboard, if you will. I have not. No. Or snowboard or surfboard, whatever you call him. He just stands on it and then has, you know. Is it like a hoverboard? Like I guess, like but you fly up pretty high. You go to... up into like 15 feet in the air. Hmm. And he's just flew in New York uh, as a stunt uh, last week. I'm, I'm more excited about that. I want it to be a personal vehicle that you could just... Well, I mean, this this looks like a personal vehicle. It looks like a typical car. I mean, I know there's been a lot of developments in like a quadcopter, which <laughs> helicopters type type of thing, where it's like where it could uh, take off and 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 um, land vertically. So, there, I mean, I know there's been a lot of new IPOs of companies that are trying to develop this new technology with like personal quadcopters. This is this is just a different one where it's where it needs like a, a, a airplane type of um, landing and takeoff runway. So, yeah. yeah, it needs a runway, and that's why I think the 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 benefit of of, of uh, drone like uh, machines is that you could. That I, I I guess you could argue whether one is more safer than the other because you could glide on an airplane down in case of an engine failure. But same with the drones. They usually same have, with helicopters. Uh, I was I was surprised myself when I found out that you could you could literally glide an, a helicopter down safely and it doesn't fall like a rock. I, I thought it fell like a rock, but is it the way the so blades it, when you descend? They, yeah, they they're able to take advantage of the air moving forward that against the blades. Mm. They they have a, a manual thing where they could 
turn the angle of the blades to kind of mm. resist the resist the air going up and it spins the uh the blades and it slows slows it down and you're able to maneuver it as well so That's actually yeah it's it's crazy well speaking of flying bezos who, who else do we have musk and now richard branson with virgin galactic uh they're in the space race if you will and Elon Musk right now is a bit behind. Richard Branson announced this week that he's also going into space, I think, this week. But basically, Bezos is on, right. on schedule to yeah. go up. They're trying to compete who, who could get up there first. Right. And so I don't know if Elon Musk is going to surprise us by saying that, oh, by the way, he's going as well. Or is he just going to let this so-called race play out? But it's kind of interesting. Yeah, I don't know if he's, time he's necessarily interested in in being the first into space. I mean, right. he has he has plenty of things he's... Uh, currently working on anyway so i don't know if that's his priority well he said in interviews that like kind of laughing was like yeah people are gonna die and like i think he sees the space like he doesn't think that the risk is worth just the bragging rights of being the first person i mean it's not even the first person in space it's just i mean we use the word colony when we talk about space right so it's kind of that image of them being the kings of our time sending out you know these colonists all over the universe, if you will, <laughs> until it's safe for the king to arrive. Uh, but then again, Musk uh, is getting a statue in New York, apparently. Uh, there's going to be this nice statue of oh, him. The one that staring looks nothing like him. The one that absolutely... It's, it's that would be whack. Yeah, that would be pretty disappointing yeah. if you, you have a statue built that looks nothing like yourself. <laughs> uh, I was looking through that story and my kid, uh, he's one uh, years and probably eight months, he cried when he saw the statue. So... Go like, take a look. Like tears of joy? or <laughs> No, it was tears of terror. Oh. In other crazy invention news, uh, this week, uh, a company called Intellia Therapeutics, a gene editing company, provided very promising results in an early trial. Their phase one trial data consisting of uh, six patients showed that after 28 days, Intellia's single-dose uh, crispr Dash Cas9 treatment achieved reductions of up to 96% in blood levels of a misfolded protein in patients suffering from the genetic disorder that caused fatal nerve and heart diseases. I mean, it's it's crazy where this new uh, CRISPR uh, technology is going and all the possibilities uh, for future developments. Uh, it's quite mind blowing where they can take this whole gene uh, editing uh, technology. What do you have? You guys heard of this new technology? Are they testing it on people or like? Yeah, yeah. It's it's it was a, a six a six person study, so it's not as uh, broad. Mm-hmm. So it's it's like one of the first stages. So in the further stages, they use more patients. But yeah, it's it's. Uh, it's on people. I feel like we should cover that as one of the main stories uh, in here upcoming because it, it's such an interesting one. The moral implications of right gene editing, right? So then, what if you were biological? Because talk about gender now. Yeah, this change, this or, yeah, like this, this could go so yeah. wild and white. And that is it for all these stories in our lightning round. Well, to all of our viewers, I'd just like to say welcome back. Uh, congratulations on making it this far. And uh, the story I wanted to talk about today has to do with activism in sports and athletics. So although uh, all of us maybe are too young to remember the 1968 Olympics in Mexico, uh, but even if you don't know anything else about that event, you, you know this image. Uh, you have three guys standing on the podium to receive uh, gold, silver, bronze medals for the 200-meter uh, dash. Two of those are, are African-Americans named Tommy Smith and John Carlos. Uh, one of these guys had just set a new world record. So when the U.S. anthem begins to play, they bowed their heads and they raised their glove fist to the sky to symbolize what Smith later said was solidarity and strength for the African-American community. And so uh, this was swiftly addressed by the International Olympic Community, or IOC, and that's going to come up more. Uh, the men were kicked out of Mexico. Their, uh, eventually their marriages were ruined. Their athletic careers were basically over. But the statement was made. And throughout the years, we've seen more popularity and acceptance with the and having to do with this with uh, Colin Kaepernick kneeling for the anthem, LeBron James and other uh, other players on the Bucks team. They're striking from playing last year. Uh, so, I mean, whether or not we're on board with the cause, 
they're protesting. I don't want to go down that rabbit hole, but I want I want to just kind of gauge your general opinions. Like, what place does uh, activism have in athletics and sports, especially where um, I know a lot of people get worked up about how the the flag and the anthem are involved in this. So, do you think the public treats them fairly, generally speaking, or maybe not harshly enough, or, or not kindly enough? I don't know. As a as a American football fan myself, I think it's quite unfortunate where the sport has been heading. That of which is becoming more and more apparent every season. Players have been getting bigger platforms to voice their political opinions and emboldened more so by the far left media, which is working for the same cause. I think we've seen anti-American, anti-police propaganda pushed by top athletes with the leagues in full support. And frankly, I think that those things shouldn't have a place in sports or anywhere for that matter. Um, but I, I I think people watch sports in the first place to kind of get away from this chaos of, of the news and the media today. But in reality, they're only met with uh, more of the same. I think for me, it's, it's harder to comment on this one because I'm looking at it and, you know, ever since 1800s or late 1800s in America, the sports arena has been used as a megaphone for social cause. And so early in 20th century, it was the worker sports movement where, you know, teams would organize around the political cause or, or belief or certain political ideology. Then the civil rights movement of the 60, 60s, and interestingly, historically, it was left that was actually opposing sport activism. They decreed, decried. They decried the use of sports platform uh, for pro- political propaganda, and of course that has changed in the last half a century, because now you know it's it it works for them. It works for the left as well, and so. I personally think that holistically we are to influence every area of our life. You know, as Christians, sometimes by disagreeing and protesting, and sometimes by speaking up. And sometimes by being loud, sometimes by being quiet. But, you know, whether it's work or sport or whatever else you're involved in, uh, I, I kind of feel that there's an expectation for us to live out our best of who we are. And that sometimes includes, you know, our political stance, our uh, moral stance, if you will. But whoever decides to speak up needs to also realize that there will be criticism. They are held to a higher standard. That's, I think, like, yeah, it's unfortunate that there's so much propaganda today, even in sports. But at the same time, there's also Christian players standing up and giving glory to God, right? And so in both cases, you should just be able to see, okay, what are, what is the message they're sending and is this going too far? Yeah, you guys bring up some good points. I, I do think that personally, I'm not, I don't watch too many sports. I, I kind of keep track of Ukrainian national uh, soccer team. And I know I've been really disappointed when uh, like the players, they let their celebrity status like take precedent over actually like mm-hmm. doing the sport. And so like sometimes they'll win a game and then they're so busy celebrating that like they just completely trash the next game. But I do think that there's a place for it because so many people look up to you and revere you. There is uh, I can understand if someone like achieve something great that they feel an obligation to like be able to uh, use their influence for something that they care about. Um, and so that's why I'm like, I'm not really critical of, of Tommy Smith and John Carlos because this guy, you know, this guy just set a world record and like, he's like, this is the the peak of his, of his career basically, as opposed to someone like LeBron James, who's like, okay, like we get it. You're good. But then nobody's at the end of the day, like nobody should forget that you're just a basketball player. So here's the story that happened this week. Um, earlier on Monday, I think the U.S. Olympic track and field trials were happening in Oregon. When the winners of the hammer throwing competition, I guess, were standing on their podiums, uh, the Star Spangled Banner began to play. Now, there's been some comments on the um, when she was asked about this later. There's comments on the timing of the song that it's usually it's usually not played when the contestants are on the podium, but it's like when they're about to walk up or something. Uh, Nevertheless, the the athlete that qualified for bronze on the hammer throwing took offense at this surprise playing of the anthem, according to MSN News. While the um, while the first and second place athletes stood with their hands over their hearts, thirty-one uh, year old Gwen Berry, who was third place, uh, turned away from the flag and draped a T-shirt over her head that said "Activist Athlete." This sparked a lot of controversy, with people calling uh, for her being banned from competing in the Olympics. So this includes Texas Representative Dan Crenshaw, who said, uh, "Quote: The entire point of being on the Olympic team is to represent the United States of America." That should be the bare minimum requirement, that you believe in the country you're representing. Now, Gwen Berry, of course, is defending her actions by saying that the third verse of the anthem doesn't represent black people uh, and that she feels the anthem was played in in the moment to uh, personally spite her. You said third verse? 
third uh, section of the... The third stanza, yeah. It, it never gets sung, but it's apparently a... No refuge could save the hireling and slave from the terror of flight oh, yeah. or the gloom of the grave. I mean, it's... Uh, yeah, I, I don't think it's like a... Um, it's I, so the, but the anthem celebrates freedom, right? The home of the free, the home of the brave. This is not the first time she's pulled this kind of stunt. And the, the last time was in a Pan American competition, I think. Uh, she was placed on probation by the IOC, as we that we mentioned earlier. Um and they basically said she wasn't allowed to take part in any protests, period, for uh, for that probation. For It was like a year. Here she is. She's officially, I guess, qualified to compete in the Olympics. But should she be allowed to proceed? I mean, like, what kind of stunt is she going to... Is she going to pull on the actual Olympics? Now, keep in mind, she's 31 years old. And that's kind of a, that's kind of a sunset age, I think, <laughs> for uh, many athletes. Like, once you're past... Once you get into your mid-30s, you're... Like, it becomes more impressive that you're competing at all i mean how, how much do you think to tom brady <laughs> well okay obvious exceptions i guess but how much do you think that factors in here like maybe desperate for some relevance or anything i maybe forgot to mention no i, I don't know if her age really plays into this other than she is further along in her political career and maybe she feels more confident to speak up what surprised me is the fact that there is a country representation you're not just playing sports in a vacuum you're playing for a certain country right and actually interestingly enough uh the the other lady diane something she actually uh broke the world record again or actually, she's the second woman to throw the hammer at the farthest. So it happened around the same time. And so there was a great cause for celebration, right? But you're representing a country playing a sport. And so the country gave you the opportunity to be where you are today. Whether it has past that we don't like or not, it's why you're here and why you're able to play. And it's also where you live. And so displaying pride for your country seems very appropriate, especially when you're playing sports for the country. In my view, I... I happen to agree with what Dan Crenshaw had to say. In the Olympics, it's all about being proud of your country and making your country proud. So I think, and I, and I also think she might have misjudged her misjudged her relevance as well, uh, because to be honest, I don't think the majority of the country even knew who she was before this week. But I mean, in another aspect, I also think it speaks volumes about how great of a country we truly live in, considering the fact that disrespecting the flag or national anthem in most other countries would have immediate consequences. Meanwhile, mm. we have athletes that are so privileged who don't understand what they're really trying to fight for or against. We, we live in the most free and tolerant country on the planet that is so full of opportunity. And I think it really just says a lot about how little these athletes know about how it actually is anywhere else outside of our country. Yeah, I agree on on that point where she definitely thinks a little bit more highly of herself than I think is warranted. I mean, look, the, the legacy of Tommy Smith and John Carlos is undeniable. I mean, here we are 52 years later. Uh, they're pretty well known. Uh, I think that what gives them legitimacy to begin with is, uh, you know, recognition for their great success. That You know, that's not something Colin Kaepernick or Gwen Berry can seriously claim. LeBron can protest all he wants, but I don't think games should be put on hold because the Bucks don't show. Uh, in the NBA, if the team doesn't show, it's a default loss, right? That should be the end of it. Uh, so my take is that it's questionable on whether athletes should be involved in protests at ceremonies, but even more so uh, if you're clearly doing it out of self-interest. I mean, if... Maybe if you trained harder, people might give you more grace in what you say. But uh, if removing you is not an overall loss for the country's Olympic performance, uh, you know, it's not only winning medals, uh, but it's also repre representing and expressing Olympic values. And like you said, the I mean, we're much more lenient here in the U.S. when it comes to disrespecting uh, long-standing traditions like like our flag and the anthem. Uh, but, you know, maybe these people are due for a slice of humble pie and a well-deserved vacation. So last year, due to COVID and the mass lockdowns, many stock brokerages saw hu a huge increase in the number of new retail investors joining their platforms and starting to trade for the first time. Uh, the most popular brokerage among new investors is an app called Robinhood, which I think you guys have uh, heard of or even pro pro possibly have accounts in, right? Yep. Buy high, sell low. That's, <laughs> uh, that's the name of the game. Yeah, I still have the account and some money tied up in there. Uh, yeah. yeah, that was actually one of my first exposures to the stock market as well around like two or three years ago. It was so easy to make an account right on my phone. It connected right to my bank quickly and the whole interface 
interface and I guess eye candy appeal of the app made it uh, very enjoy- enjoyable to be on, which is why I think it is so popular among new investors um, having such a simple and straightforward platform where you can pretty much start investing within minutes is quite appealing to today's new investors. So uh, this came to the attention of even many regulatory personnel who frowned upon it, claiming that Robinhood is gamifying investing and putting new uneducated investors at risk to lose lots of money by oversimplifying everything. Nonetheless, uh, the story this week was news that Robinhood has filed to go public, meaning they will soon have their company listed on the uh, stock market and any anyone can purchase shares of it. For me, being a former Robinhood user, more on that later, uh, and someone that is quite interested in the financial markets, this news was quite a bit concerning on one hand and uh, a bit exciting on the other. Uh, Robinhood has become known uh, since the massive surge in trading last year to have constant blackouts and app failures uh, on the extra high volume days. I remember uh, last year during the COVID market crash, it was extremely difficult to log into my account. And uh, when I finally did, it was pretty much blank screens and uh, virtually impossible to make any trades during the peak hours when uh, everyone was on. Uh, and, and before that, I, I remember there was another crash from which I thought they learned, but it became quite apparent that these same problems continued throughout 2020 and even into this year uh, during the whole GameStop saga. Um, thankfully, it only took me two major crashes uh, to switch platforms, and I'm very glad I did early on last year because uh, even even now, like talking to many investors that are stuck trying to leave the platform, uh, but their funds aren't transferring and there's problems moving their stocks, putting their uh, accounts in limbo for months at this point. Um, Robinhood has also had many lawsuits filed against them uh, recently for stopping people from buying certain stocks during price surges and short squeezes. And that even landed their CEO a hearing with Congress earlier this year. It just doesn't seem like it's a a very good company, in my opinion. And thinking longer term, I'm not sure if uh, these problems will just will just end. Um, one thing I found quite funny was also that this week they were also fined seventy million dollars uh, for misleading customers and uh, for system outages that date to last year. Uh, be it coincidence or not, they will certainly need the money they look to raise with this initial public offering. For people that don't know much about uh, this recent find that I just mentioned, uh, part of it involves uh, certain problems with their app that displayed incorrect account balance information and often uh, a negative balance. There was actually news last year about a young trader who even uh, committed suicide after opening his app and seeing a negative $730,000 balance. Uh, when in reality, uh, the value was supposed to be a lot less than that. And um, many more problems that exposed new investors to be able to easily access a lot of borrowed money or margin and use it on very risky trades, often giving brand new investors full permission to make very high risk trades without any warnings. Uh, And there's also been a lot of uh, disgruntled Robinhood users on Reddit that have vowed to short sell or bet against the stock when it goes public to push its price down. Um, What are you guys' thoughts on Robinhood and have you had any bad experiences with them? I would say I'm overall pretty satisfied with uh, using Robinhood, but that's just because I I ignore it for weeks at a time and then I spend a couple days glued to the screen, (laughs) like watching like when all the hype happens i'm I'm glad that they're facing repercussions and fines for uh for some of the shortcomings they've had i'm not much of an investor but i do know there's a quote that says uh time in the market is better than timing the market i feel like switching platforms would would violate that for me uh i mean i i don't think they're incentivized really to make a bad user experience for the everyman i mean that's kind of what they what they were built upon to begin with i feel like it's the same thing of which drill brand you want to use it depends what you're doing if you're uh, you know someone like me who's going to use that drill you know only occasionally from time to time you're going to be okay with the generic brand until you need heavy until you have heavy use for, for a drill right and the drill fails on you my brother for example you know he's very set on certain, you know, brand of a drill, if you will, or any other kind of construction tool. I think that similar thing is happening is uh, here with Robinhood. You know, it's like the training wheels or the cheap version of a skateboard for those who want to become skaters. But maybe they don't even want to become skaters. Maybe they'll buy the skateboard right down the sidewalk and realize that's not the kind of cool thing they really thought it would be, right? 
But then if they do become skaters, they can upgrade to the next one. So I think Robin... Training wheels on a skateboard? (laughs) (laughs) No, training wheels on a bike. Oh, (laughs) That was the analogy. (laughs) Oh, I see. Yeah. So, but they are under investigation right now. So that that is kind of concerning. And like you said, the 70 million that they paid um, or agreed to pay, uh, it is the largest financial penalty apparently ever ordered by an organization, you know, to pay by Congress. It's definitely concerning. Hopefully that's a step to remedy that. And now that they will become public, I think there will be some interest, just like there was interest in joining the platform, you know, since 2015. There will be an interest in investing into this company because it is the millennial type of company, if you will. In my view, I think it's a bit concerning that they will now have access to a lot more capital from this public offering to continue these questionable business practices. But at the same time, I'm very intrigued to watch and see how everything continues to play out and uh, what possible further fines they might be facing uh, for the more re- recent fiascos like uh, January GameStop thing and all the mm-hmm. problems they've had with that. Like that, the FINRA hasn't even uh, began to look into that. So this seventy million dollars was from, even for, no, it was for it was from last yeah. year, 2020. The things that happened then. So it's it's going to be uh, interesting to watch how that all played out. Uh, uh, meanwhile, I'll be gladly enjoying continuing to use my TD Ameritrade as my brokerage for my investing needs. Not sponsored. Not yet. Well, that's all for the stories for this week. We're so glad that you joined us for another episode of Life Rank. Please consider following us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, or any other social platform. Also consider sharing it with a friend or family member that would benefit from a weekly overview of the current events from a conservative and Christian perspective. And as always, we would like to remind you that there is no better news on any given day than the good news of Jesus Christ. He died for the sins of the world so that everyone who comes to him would be saved. We encourage you to seek him if you haven't already. Thank you for listening and we'll see you next week. <laughs>